Go ahead, Ray. You! You worthless piece of slime! You ignorant, disgusting clown! Nothing but an unstable short chain molecule! It's the stuff. It's like pure concentrated evil. It's all flowing right to this spot. Material Devolution has begun. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another week of the Material Devolution podcast. I'm your host, Dev Niebert. Coming with you as always, Mr. Matt Walter. How you doing, my friend? Man, I hadn't coughed all day, and I just had a little cough as soon as you introduced me. So, uh, But here I am, and here we are. It's another week. That's four in a row now. And uh, we are going to talk a little bit about something that is on the comeback. It uh, kind of started last weekend uh, with uh, UFC 249. We're going to talk about sports and uh, sports in today's setting uh, in this COVID-19 world that we're living in. What is it like for the players to play without fans? What is it like for fans to watch their teams but be separated from them and not be able to go to the games? What does it mean for the future of sports? What does it mean for contracts? Uh, what does it mean for locker rooms? What does it mean for just everything as far as the sporting industry is concerned and trying to put on a production that is driven by passion and emotion, both on the field, on the court, and in the stands. And they all play an integral part in making the experience what it is and what we love about it and what draws so many people to sports. So we have a lot to talk about here, and I think it affects everybody in the United States is connected to some sport in some way whether it's a whether it's an outdoor activity or that's been changed or postponed or it's a race or it's a meet of some sort or it's a or it's a team sport and you know from 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 what I've seen so far is that the team sports are going to have the hardest time connecting with fans in the current condition Devin what do you think a lot to unpack there, Matt, as you might say. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff coming through with uh, sports, especially here in the U.S., where sports as an institution are such a solid foundation of the cultural norms here. It's very important to so many people. So many sports are a big deal here. Uh, they obviously have many sports important all around the world, but I feel here in the United States especially, sports are just a huge, huge integral part of the culture every city has not just one team but like four teams you've got hockey baseball football basketball at minimum and probably minor league teams if you're one of 20 to 30 major cities across the country so it's really really integrated in the economics uh stadiums to the players to the fans to the businesses to the people who work and you know an infrastructure of jobs associated Mm -hmm. with it it's a huge driving factor to the player level, uh, as a starting point, let's dive into that. I think that's an interesting place to try to establish a foundation for how unique this is going to be going forward. In every sport, uh, as you said, team sports are going to be tougher, but even in individual sports, the UFC, like we're seeing, they're, they're fighting each other. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't uh, not, not have contact in those, but mm-hmm. uh, 
just how it's going to change the atmosphere for the athlete to play that sport specifically. You know, in, in the UFC, we were watching fighting example. It's a very, very on edge sport. You're in a, a highly dangerous situation. The fans add another layer of adrenaline, I feel, but it's very, very adrenaline filled anyways. There's so much risk. It almost felt heightened watching it for me. Uh, the drama element, you mm-hmm. hear the sound of the punches, mm-hmm. you hear the breathing, how tired somebody yeah. was. or You know, you really noticed all the intricacies yeah. of combat on a heightened sense, maybe a little more so than the audience influencing yeah. you to feel one way or another but, about certain strikes. But I'm not sure how this is going to affect more of a team sport environment. You told me you're watching soccer and the experience was almost alien. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? It was alien. Um I watched that uh, Dortmund-Schalke game yesterday. Uh, supposed to be one of the biggest rivalries in the Bundesliga. And, um, you know, normally, obviously, it would just be popping, you know. I mean, the fans would be going off. The stadium would be shaking. They'd be, you know, chanting and banging their drums. Uh, I mean, it would just, yeah, uh, uh, you know. I mean, every everything that you would think of as a fun, soccer man. match, right? It's a, fu- it's a fun environment. Absolutely. And um, so it was just it just felt so sterile. It was so, it was like a training session. It was like practice. Like they did come out, they did the normal thing. You know, they didn't shake hands. Um, they stood further apart for the, the national anthems or whatever they were doing. Isn't that weird that we're not going to shake hands, but when I'm playing defense on you, I'm, but I got my hands all over you when there's a, when there's a corner kick guys grab jerseys. Yeah. I mean, you're sweating on each other. I mean, it literally happens. I mean, you're sending your, your shoulder to shoulder, you're slide tackling your, I mean, you can fall on top of one another. Um, you know, when you go for a head ball and you whip your hair and it flies like, so anyway, some of these things are just completely absurd. Uh, it's like you were saying about the baseballs and not only throwing the baseball yeah, one way. Yeah, yeah no, but I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, ta- I'm just touching on how, how some of, some of the ridiculousness that's coming. How out was of the play? Did it, did it feel as if the players were less, less involved, less passionate? Did the game seem so? Slower? That's the problem, right? Is game? that it, like what I was talking about with the integral? Every, each piece plays its own role, right? They they talk about the twelfth man, right? Um, you know, and these type of things, and and football, and and uh, and how how the how the momentum can be sw- cha- changed by the, the the by the fans, and it just they didn't, you know, they were all playing hard, and I think that in in it, as professionals, I think that you can still get into a zone of focus and play. I mean, at practice, you can play hard without the all the pomp and circumstance going on around you. But this was the first game back too, so it's easy. It might be. It's right. It might be weird just now, right? It's a new thing for everyone. So it's well, weird what, to what I'm actually it's saying, weird what I'm actually saying is, is that maybe there it's easy to play with some passion and some some heart now in this environment because you have been sidelined for so long. But what happens when you continuously have to play in a practice setting in a vacant stadium where it's just echoing your voice as you call for the ball? It was a terrible experience from us from a, watching it on on television as a t- standpoint. I only watched half the game. I only watched half of the Bayern Munich game today. Um, they seemed less impressed. The Bayern team, like less enjoyable to be there. Mueller and company. You know, um, I don't know if it's because of who they are <laughs> uh, as a side, but uh, you know, they didn't seem very uh, very thrilled. Um, to be there, but also, you know, you were talking about the only weird part for me with the fighting <clears throat> to go back to the UFC 249 was really the walkout. 
That was the weirdest part is because there's no fans to, to, to either boo or cheer their, their, their favorite fighter. But once they got into the cage, I think that it's so raw in nature anyway, that having, not having the big to do around it didn't really matter from a viewing standpoint. It's, it, it's close angles as far as the filming of it's concerned. So you're not having these wide angle shots where, you know, you see any of the stands or anything like that. Everything's close up in the cage on the fighters. Like you said, you fought very, it actually drew you in a little bit more. Um, but what happens in basketball, man, when like, that's a truly emotion driven sport. It's all about runs. It's all about momentum. And when there is nothing, nothing to keep that energy up to drive that run, to get behind that team or whatever's happening or the, even the adversity of a crowd that drives a team. That's what I mean about the team sports having just such a hard, much harder time connecting with their fans because their fans are used to playing a part in it. If you've been watching the last stand, I have been, you might have noticed that maybe the best game any of them ever played in their lives. Jordan and them were talking about was that dream team practice in 92 just because it was so competitive amongst the players they just were so competitive amongst each other i don't think you need the fans to create the right atmosphere it's just a very alien experience and how that makes people fans is different you're right because it's very ritualistic to go someplace it's going to church on sunday we're going to go to this place we're going to worship at the altar of football you know we're gonna we're gonna do the wave we're gonna cheer when our team scores uh, we're going to stand in line for hot dogs and beers. There's all these ritualistic things you do as part of a fandom. You know what I mean? Fans, a fanatic. So without these places of worship to go to, to worship at the altar of the sport, what does that do to making new fans or keeping fans? Do people care about sports as much if they do come back? Or is your emotional attachment to them just going to be dissipated to a degree? I'm a big fan of a lot of sports. Some people fan of one sport. I'm not a fan of any sports. But if you're a fan of a lot of sports like myself, I'm interested to see when everything comes back if I just stop caring about multiple sports just because the atmosphere is different or the sport's different. Yeah. <clears throat> and the sports have to change, right? The sports are, are changing, um, like you touched on as far as the the baseball is concerned. Can you go a little bit It, it always that? seems like the, like, the, like the illusion of uh, safety. You know what I mean? They've it's got, a lot of like TSA uh, going on. Oh, yeah, a big dossier they've written out about who can – throw a baseball to who at what time and you know all these preconditions about players doing things where it's like at the end of the day everybody's sitting in a dugout together and you yeah. run by the guy at first base when he's trying to catch the ball you know what i mean yeah did they did, they, did they say that the people the, the guys in the dugout have to wear a mask but the people that are on know. the field I, I, don't. I didn't read the dossier i read some summary of it uh-huh it just it felt like is with most things that at some point the economic engine of society will not stop for anything bloodlust or not be damned it's going to churn some bodies if it has to to get you know the mechanisms of society going again and in that process they need to at least put up the preconditions that they care as much as possible so i think a lot of these things are like what uh you know hoops can we act like we're jumping through to ensure everybody's safety even if it's impossible to ensure anyone's safety as we know based on how the dynamics of the situation are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Outside Uh of not playing the sport, which (laughs) we've decided we're not going to do. So if we're going to play the sport, what should we do? Let's do all these things that make it seem like we're safe, even though by playing the sport, we're admitting it's not safe. Right. Right. It's a game. It's a game. It's a game of mental gymnastics one plays with oneself. I'm a little interested in talking to you also about, you know, 
not as only like the player's mindset, but what do you think of the economic impact uh, this is going to mean? Like, I can only think about how many jobs are involved when it comes to like you know, food vendors, like you know, uh, people who sell stuff, radio hosts, people who like run bars, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, I've game, been to show the games, things like that. You know, how much is the impact going to affect all that? Thing? I've been fascinated with the uh, the articles uh, and the amount of um, basically soap opera type of uh, drama that people can, um, you know, drum up and write about uh, when there's nothing going on. You know, I mean, they still have to churn out, you know. Uh, content to uh, keep their fan base connected, even though there's no sports. So I, I there's nothing to write about. There's nothing, there's to, nothing to write, write about. about Absolutely months. nothing to write about. I mean, like you know, the biggest thing going for the while was like the NFL draft, right? And um, so that was like you I, know, huge. I got rid of TV a few months ago. I finally realized that there was just nothing to watch at the mm-hmm. end of the day because as soon as this pandemic stopped uh, started, excuse me, I, I didn't have anything to watch. I realized. The main thing I had TV for, at least I had, uh, was it YouTube TV? Was for the the sports. Mm, I wanted to watch, right. be able to watch finals, this, that, you know, NFL, NBA, uh, some hockey, whatever. You know what I mean? Some sports. Also, there's no sports. What, what am I watching TV for? Right. At all. So literally nothing to watch. It's news and a bunch of old reruns of programs that are terrible or new shows mm-hmm. that are terrible. Mm-hmm. You really realize how much sports are integrated into part of your life here. There's this very competitive uh, you know, part of our society that's bred into you from you know, school, right. from your entire life, I think, that indoctrinates you into the mind of sport. It's, yeah. It is cultural. Well, dude, I mean, like, so you're right. I mean, think about when you were talking about the economic fallout and then you talk about these buildings that house these teams. They're not owned by the teams. Those are that those time and those. They're spaces owned by really rich billionaires who are leased you know, to those teams. Le- they, they leverage cities to you know to build pay for most to build them, big all headquarters for them. Yeah, exactly. Even though they're already billionaires. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, but so it's my, hey, So, but it's what I'm smart, saying is, dude, is, is that is that then in turn those those then in turn those um those entities go out and they were, they're the ones that usually contract with all of the concession workers um, and all of those things, which is a different company, right? That's another private company that is uh, involved. Uh, and then you have the cleaning uh, the crew or whoever, and then the security, right? Which is another yep. private company. So, I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on in this ripple effect. I mean, when I would imagine that these teams are still on the hook for the, for the, the times that they've rented these spaces for, for the entire season, right? They usually know, I mean, they're planned way in advance, like, you know, the, of, of when those dates are taken by who. I mean, on a completely unrelated note, uh, we can talk about this maybe on a later episode. It has me thinking because these stadiums are shut down. I could talk about. I mean, live music is dead. And, dead. Well, they're talking about music, like having drive-in hey, concerts, and I was thinking about music, that, and I'm like, that's terrible. Music, terrible music, as we know, is all about like you know the experience and being there. And artists have been reduced because of the internet to making all their money from touring. They make no money mm-hmm. from record sales. Now they can't tour. So I mean. Uh, completely unrelated. But I'm just no, thinking, but it's like, not that, unrelated because that, it's that, all that about the impact the, of these stadiums and the ability to have these type of, you know, like 
events where thousands of people meet to enjoy something together. It's not unrelated though. It's not unrelated because it's both entertainment. So we're talking about entertainment. Not unrelated. I don't want to curveball us like that though. Let's let's stay on track. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Sports, sports. So, you know, um, but you know, another sport came back this weekend as well. And that was NASCAR, uh, motorsports. Um, they've been doing the eye racing, um, you know, the art of making left turns, the, the art of making left turns, but Hey, um, you know, NASCAR is fun. Don't get me wrong. It's, 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 it's very difficult to, uh, to make those left turns at high speeds with other people doing the same thing. Yeah. Inches, inches from each other. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. If you're going 200 miles an hour, it's not easy. Not easy. <laughs> Sounds like fun. I'd, I'd, like, left turns. I'd like to get in on it, but, um, so, uh, they have a good history, right? I mean, they came from bootlegging. It's like American, it's like Americana, it's finest, you know, uh, all the bootleggers and, you know, running cars and stuff like that. So anyway, um, there's no, I mean, were the fans that much part of the experience? For the so drivers, though? that's exactly what I was getting at. I watched it this today. It started, uh, I watched the beginning. Didn't change. Not one bit. Not but one hey, bit was different. Do fans for- care because those usually get hundreds of thousands of people. I've never been to a NASCAR event, but people tell me you can you should go even if you don't like racing. They say oh, it's, it's just it's so awesome. much fun. I've been to it, two hundred thousand people getting smashed, enjoying themselves. Some people like racing, some like it a little, some don't even care. They're like, this is just a fun thing to be at. It's like a concert almost. Yeah, I've been right? to two. I was at the 2018 uh, Daytona 500. It was amazing. It was amazing. Did you enjoy yourself? Oh, it was so much yeah. fun. It was so much fun. It was a great day. Um, got down on the track, got to sign the start-finish line before the race started. It was super cool. And was then, the crowd rowdy? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean it is, it's a sea of people. I mean, it's like, you know, 200,000 people all on this one big grandstand that goes down this, the, the front straight. And it's just, I mean, it's it's a Super Bowl, man. It's a Super Bowl of NASCAR. And, like, it's one of those things where you just, you go for the spectacle and the production of it and the entertainment value. Whether or not you, like, really have a, a driver or whatever, or even if you leave there a rabid fan, it doesn't matter. You just, you still have I think have that's a good, a good word you said there, spectacle, because that's what I was thinking of when we were talking earlier was the big difference is that a lot of these sports, they rely on the spectacle of everything. Like, you talked about it, NBA, you know, the fans really drive the game. You know, it, that, it makes it a spectacle when there's 20,000 yeah. people cheering and on top of the action and, you know, influencing the emotional. It, the, the spectacle atmosphere, gladiatorial in the UFC when there's all these people watching. When you remove that, the dynamic becomes, you know, it's almost like either uh, withdrawn and like animatized, like it's very like sparring or practice or it becomes very intimate. Like the UFC, where you feel like you're watching Fight Club. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in the basement mm-hmm. watching some fights. And it's all about very, can, very, very, very weird, very, very can, interesting. How can the, the, can the product stand on its own and draw you in in its in its most raw form? I don't think the fighting and fight as a fan. Will people who cared so much about it not care if they can't really like go and be a part of it? That was a part of it for so many people. You know? Yeah, but how many? I mean, look at how many people now tune in and watch soccer around the world. So does it really matter if those people can't be there? I mean, these, everybody is stuck in their houses anyway right now to some extent. So they don't have any. Well, you know, listen, before in soccer, if the fans weren't there, it was usually because somebody threw a flare or some racial slurs were said, and they had to, you know, play in an empty stadium. Uh-huh. As FIFA said <laughs> so. So we've seen this before, and it hasn't really affected the level of play when there's been no fans. As long as the stakes were high, but for how you know long? I mean? was- See, that's what I'm saying. So when we when you were, when you were talking, you were like, "Well, you know, maybe it's foreign right now, and that's what's what's 
maybe that's a hindrance to their play. But what I'm saying is the opposite. I'm saying maybe right now, because they've had such a long layoff, they're playing, they, they come back and it's like, Hey man, we're back. We're going to play hard, but how long can they continue to play under the circumstances of playing again? One of the craziest things about watching these soccer games is you got 80,000 people stadiums that are empty and they're echoing. It's just this big vacuous, you know, cavern. It's cavernous stadium around these people playing on this on this they, pitch. They can meet at training. They can meet at training pitches and play there. They could matches. just meet. Yeah, I mean, because then at least it wouldn't sound like that, you know. So that's what I mean. But then you wouldn't have where the they the want place. to keep the gravitas, the but they, spectacle. But they need. To, but they need to. Right? But they need to places. No, they need to places for the cameras, right? That's the whole idea. Like those things are already fixed, so they got good shots, good angles. The, the production's already been built. It's already been built, so the infrastructure's already there. But the whole idea to me is, is that like, so how long can they continue to play like this? Is it gonna? Is it gonna affect them psychologically in game in week eight? Uh, week 12 um, you know so let's talk about how we get back like should they should they start to consider that you could rope off areas in the stadium and you could make sure that you could place people that yeah. that were six feet apart and then you could close concessions you could figure out a way that has everybody pass through and get scanned like so that they didn't have to stop at us at a, at a place and get their tickets um, you know kind of like how they do on the turnpikes uh, sounds like you know. TSA to me bro well, you hear what I'm saying, but you could do that, right? To bring the fans back, you could start with the you could start with the faithful, you could start with the season ticket holders, and you could start bringing them back that way. Um, you know, I, I you know, I, I think it's tough, but I think you could you could probably do it, especially in a stadium. You already you I think, can. I, I think for twenty twenty, you could already partition sports. off stadiums. Team sports as a fan experience live is dead. There's no fans this year. It's just not happening. So you think all of twenty twenty? All of twenty twenty, <clears> no fans. Dang. What about a golf course? What about what about the even the fans on the golf course if you limited the amount of fans that could be in? Because you have a big space on the golf course. Matt, they, they open beaches and ask people to stay six feet apart and what happens? They get crowds of people just getting drunk. I mean, it's tough enough as is when you ask people to do the right thing. It's still tough when you tell them they shouldn't do something or make it when it's not happening. So I don't think you can have these events and encourage fans to do the safe thing. I think fans are going to all cloud together and celebrate together because that's the normal human instinct is to group. What about school it's sports? It's normal. What happens with school sports? Do they cancel all of school sports in the fall? School is going to be different. Well, yeah, absolutely. Period. But, I mean, but I'm you're just talking about, you're talking about sports in school, like school periods going to be different. So I don't think school sports are going to be a thing for probably like a year. So then what happens to the future of sports when you have like a lot like development There's like that retarded development of like some of these people that are aspiring to be professional athletes because then you don't have a whole I, I think, season. I think for, for, for about a year, it's going to change where you don't have that group dynamic. You probably have a lot more individualized focus on sport to hold you over. In the meanwhile, whatever your sport is, you're going to be practicing with just one or two people, limited training environment, whether it's working on your jump shot or, you know, throwing in football or, you know, just training jujitsu with one person, whatever it is, it's going to be a much more limited training environment. You're not going to have the ability to, you know, play in a, a realistic situation with full teams and all these things and endless opponents. It's just the dynamics going to be temporarily different. That doesn't mean you're not going to be able to grow, but you're going to grow in a different way perhaps. You're going to mm -hmm. have to adapt to the situation as an athlete, whatever your sport is. I still think you can do it 
you know, it doesn't mean you can't have one person to do it with. And if you have one person to do it with, you can do pretty much any sport. But you're not going to be able to practice it on the high level of, hey, I'm going to play, uh, you know, football scenarios as a quarterback with everybody coming at me at once, right? Right. You can get limited to throwing, playing catch with somebody. Yeah, man. I God, that would – could you imagine? I mean, just think about that. Go back to real quick when you were in high school and if they told you that you couldn't play basketball your senior year. Yeah, man. It, this, trust me, listen, I, we, we talked about this before. I remember when this first happened. It didn't seem as if it was real at first, and then all of a sudden every sport went, were canceling our season. Yeah. And then they shut down March Madness. Mm-hmm. And my first instinct was – I really felt for these kids because I had an experience in high school where my senior year, I mean, I'm not uh, a March Madness level basketball player, but my senior year of high school, my basketball team got done dirty due to a technicality. Uh, and we were not able to play in one of our playoffs due to some randomness out of our control that had no effect on the season. And now I, I was like, this is happening to these kids who are, you know, they're playing for a chance to make the NBA. Like you could be a breakout star and, and get drafted by a team because you played in this tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's teams like uh, San Diego State who's having their best season of all time. Of all time. You know, like we're, we're on a record run. They get a chance to show that it really wasn't a fluke and they're the best team in the country. And yep. Just, you know, you, you put your life into something like that. You really feel for those kids and then that moment's gone. And it's like that moment might not be there next year either. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are just things we have to come to tune with where there's going to be a lot of unfair things happening. Well, then I'm saying, is there going to be a talent gap in the future? I don't. I don't think so. I think, it, I think the growth is going to be different for that one year. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's. Uh, they, might, they might get better. They might be better at some things and worse at others. Because you can get more technical, in right? In certain, in certain things, you can get a little bit more technical in your training in uh, different aspects. Less of, experience, but more technical, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. That's really tough. I mean, it's hard to think about uh, a world without, uh, without sports. It's, uh, it's hard to think about a world without, uh, high school sports um i guess college sports follow suit what the mpa hey what's the they, ncaa they, saying have you heard anything what, about what's that what's the biggest sport in the country like ayso 100 million kids 50 yeah. million kids or whatever play that right like you soccer uh and so then think about the economic fallout of that so again how do these how do these how do these uh organizations dig themselves out of these um these budget shortfalls you know Again, I mean, so it's just everything's just, you know, just so upended by this whole deal. Absolutely. Yeah, the domino effect is real. (laughs) The domino effect is real. Absolutely. I I, I didn't think about it going down to the level of, you know, (laughs) AYSO is an industry and infrastructure with tens of thousands of coaches and referees and Mm -hmm. things like that. I mean, how many parents are, are involved as coaches and you know, it's a great, great way to build companionship and friendship and introduce teamwork and stuff like that. Absolutely. That's just temporarily gone for kids. Uh, so Vavi, it's to change that dynamic going forward. Vavi, right? Vavi, you know, those are like the kickball. You know, we got friends that play What's kickball. What's Vavi? Vavi is like they have volleyball and it's like adult um, intramural sports. So they'll have like 5v5 soccer. Um, they, okay. have, they have um, volleyball. They have kickball leagues. Uh, they're here in San Diego. Uh, I think they're probably everywhere but it's it's a really big thing um but again all of so all of these community activities all of these social activities that are surrounding all of these sports they're all gonna be they're all postponed they're all paused they're all stopped they're all frozen they're all not making money 
I just, you know, you just hope and you hope. This is why we were talking about what we were talking about. There's not anything. You're not going back. You ain't going back to something. Things are going to be different. How do you go forward? And I mean, the path forward is murky. It's a cloudy path. The path forward is murky. I, 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 I don't know what's going to happen in a lot of sports. They're going to. It's going to change for the players that you said. The contracts are going to get smaller. There's going to be less money. There, that's right. exactly what I'm saying because revenue is going to be lower. You're going to have this bare spot for this entire year. And I don't know. I, I don't care if it's just the gate because the gate. When people are when people are are, are playing and ticket sales and, are huge and ticket sales are yeah. huge, so the gate's just a small percentage because then you think about the the again the trickle down effect the ripple effect of losing all the merch sales right and that's just due to the fact that there's not a sustained conversation about your team uh, your brand in the news on Sports Center every day, so you're now have become secondary in the minds of people who maybe you were, uh, you know, took the number one spot, but that's the also level of importance is dropped, level right? of importance is dropped. Right. And, and most of it is because the, the, they're not top of mind anymore. They're not, you're not always in their face. It's not what they're consuming. They're consuming something completely different. So it's a double edged sword. Not only are you losing, because you're not in their face, you're also losing because there's a hell of a lot more things that are a lot more important in the world right now. And so all of that is creating a significant shortfall uh, as far as revenue. And I mean, you got these ginormous contracts. I mean, what are guys making $30 million a year right now? How much did Mahomes get from Kansas City? A lot. Um, that guy's freaking unbelievable. So if they can afford it, pay him. But, <laughs> you know. Uh, but you, you see what I'm saying, right? So, so what happens? Do, do these do these record contracts go away in the future? Because this whole contra- structure, hey, they sign the paper, they, they're going to get paid. I mean, well, they're going to get paid on the ones now. I'm just talking players, about. I'm talking about next year. I bet these contracts are much much smaller. I bet the money that's out the there money and they're throwing around is at the end of the day made through television. You know, the ticket sales are supplementary, but it's the television revenue that drives every sport. That's yeah. really where the money is. Yeah. So. Once they're back up, there is a ton of money. And at the end of the day, these are billionaire sports run by billionaires. They can foot the loss. They usually extorted the city for the monies in the first place. There's no reason they can't for a year not make it as disgustingly obscene profits as they normally make. I know. I'm so proud of San Diego. I'm not not worried about them. Like Those are the people we should not be worried about. They start bitching. They should be immediately told to shut their fucking mouth. Hey, I'm not worried they're about posi- them. They're, they're, they're in a position to eat the loss and be in a position to then make the money right back thereafter in a year or two when things get back to the new normal, whatever I, that is. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not. And trust me, I'm not worried about them. You know, I'm so proud. Yeah, most of the I'm so proud there. of San Diego that we don't have the Chargers anymore. <laughs> Hell with them. <laughs> L A needs more football teams. They they care about the Chargers. Yeah, when the Raiders get done in Las Vegas, then they'll just move west again. They're going to really enjoy that new stadium, that billion-dollar stadium, $2 billion stadium. Whatever yeah, that $2 billion freaking monstrosity that they're building in Carson. It's so funny because it's in Inglewood, and uh, all of the um, all of the places around it, I stayed in a hotel that it was right there. When I looked out my window, I could see the stadium, and uh, it was really cool because the Hollywood sign was way back in the distance behind it, so it was really neat. But you could see the stadium, and it was so funny because when I – when I booked it, it said it was a different city. And then when I got to the hotel and I looked at the phone, the little thing, you know, has the, it says Inglewood. It was like literally like two blocks away. Um, so they're all trying to change their image of, of now around that stadium where it is. Um, so it's going to sit empty as a, uh, as a monument to COVID-19. 
Yeah, yeah the, the, the gentrification through White Elephant uh, project is hitting some speed bumps. Yes. Have you seen the place, man? Have you seen the renderings? Like, it's I haven't seen have the one like in Carson. Big... I've seen the one, the one in Vegas they're making. For oh, the yeah, that one. Yeah. Not, that one's also going to sit empty after spending almost $2 billion for a couple of years. Man, I feel like San Diego dodged a bullet because like we were going to build that big old freaking stadium in the uh in a new convention center downtown for the chargers and we voted no it down. we weren't not if we were going to pay for it well we voted it down but i'm saying we would have been goodness. on the hook for that because a lot of that was getting paid through uh revenues um generated by taxing uh through hotel yeah. right and uh yeah, and, i mean it's, it's obscene what these billionaires do do with these football teams and their stadiums and everything but to, to cut it back to the players and the contracts some teams i think if you've been on this when no sports were happening before soccer was getting back up. A lot of big players were voluntarily taking wage cuts. You know what I mean? So that way people on the, the team keep, 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 keep administrators, keep people who take care of the field, the groundskeepers, the, you know, the, the agents, the, the scouts, the people who help run the actual teams. Well, that's uh, good. Players were them. taking cuts for that stuff. The revenue is just going to be less. Like I said, for a year, or maybe permanently, it's going to be less. These aren't unprofitable businesses. For the most part, when I'm thinking of like major sports, um, no, there's you know, I don't, I don't like, think there's I don't think those level are going to be fine. It's really going to be interesting, like you said, on the more like the AYSO level, the high school sports level, the college sports level, even the club level, even the club level, the club level. You know what happens to those those things? I mean, I guess, I guess at that, like a lot of times, those coaches aren't full time coaches. So, you know, they have other jobs. So maybe it's something that's, you know, that they're doing on the side. Um, I think there are, though, even at the youth level, I think there are some just professional coaches that that's all they do. Um, so what's going on with those people? And how long does it t- does it take to, to bring these sports back? And when do they bring them back? Do they bring them back at a normal cycle? Do they bring them back like while, when the when the season is supposed to start? Or do they bring them back as soon as they can to be like, you know what? Like, we're playing in the winter uh, or we're playing, um, you know, uh, baseball in the in the fall or in the I mean, I mean all, it, at the end know. of the day, once all the states start reopening and, you know, they basically force people back to work because they're getting kicked off of unemployment at that stage everybody's already infecting everybody anyways at that point yeah so hey let's shift gears to that real quick let's 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 shift to that real fast how are you feeling about this uh about this whole lockdown quarantina uh americana for me i'm in a unique uh presupposition because of my work I, i do you know internet marketing so i work behind a computer all day for me my job isn't as affected directly as most people. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just situation. saying like now that we're in it, this is our fourth week since we started fourth the week. podcast. No, oh, since that, we started the podcast, but I it's think, our it's I our feel eighth, like I've been lockdown. <laughs> it's our eighth week. Eight it's our eighth eighth or ninth week of total, of lockdown. Um I'm just you saying gotta that, also forget I, I had knee surgery at the end of January. Oh, yeah. Buried yeah. up my house. So I've been on quarantine for four months. So I'm saying like now that you've seen and you've seen the the numbers and whether they're right or wrong, um and you've seen the risk and you've seen the exposure and you've seen what's happening. What are you, what are you, what are your thoughts as far as like, should we get back at it? I mean, Georgia showed a drop after they've reopened. That seems odd to me. I don't know if it's because they're just not testing anymore. Um, I thought I read an article that said it showed like huge spikes in a few areas. Like one was in Florida and Palm beach County. One was here in uh, San Bernardino. I figure where the third was, but, 
Just big hot all, spots. All, just big hot spots, and it all seemed interrelated to you know loosening mask requirement policies, and these are areas with meatpacking plants. I mean, the, the concentration of this, if you looked at it before, it was crazy. The top twenty things was like meatpacking plant, nursing home, meatpacking plant, retirement home, aircraft carrier, meatpacking. But that, I mean, those are I mean, those are contained groups of people large groups yeah it's just like the, these these environments and these industries are like you're forcing people to be compact in ways where they're gonna infect each other and it's like in nursing homes those people they're in bad health so they're in precondition to be very susceptible to falling incredibly ill and then if you look at like immigrants or that situation they don't have a choice they can't not show up to work because they're feeling sick that day they're gonna show up because right. they lose their, their job they shouldn't have in the first yeah, place yeah. and infect everyone as long else. as tyson so food says you have to be there they're gonna be there yeah, so that creates a, a really weird dynamic. So, foods like you know, that. There, there's a, it's a lot of them. <laughs> I don't think there's a right answer, man. You know, it, it's everybody wants this clean shot. You know, like one shot, one kill. Like give, give it to me, good. Tell me how we're gonna fix everything. Uh, you know, and, and even if it was like a, a book on how we're gonna do it, or and, you know, it doesn't have to be a sentence. There is no way out of this. A bunch of people are gonna die. You know, it's a virus. Until we build up either a vaccine or enough people get infected we're kind of in the situation so now it's just a question of how do you want to deal with it uh you know is the economic fallout going to be worse than the the life fallout i mean it's impossible to, to analyze in the moment you you know you know somebody who's sick or anybody who uh knows somebody who knows somebody who's been sick then you'll know this this shit's serious like this is life or death it's not a joke you know, if you don't know anybody, then to you, it's like, this is like a 5G conspiracy. Like, why are we all inside all day? So, you know, yeah. I, I can totally understand that sentiment when you have no connection or association with this virus on that level. But anybody who does, if you know somebody in health work or you know somebody who's gotten it, you're like, wow, this is, this is serious. Like, I don't want to yeah. like, kill my grandma accidentally or somebody else's. Yeah, well, I think I told you, like, our doula uh, got it and she passed away. Yeah, and her, her husband lived, so the kids still have a a father, which is nice. Um, but, uh, her father also passed away, but so, I mean, it is real. I, it's just, it is, it's a balancing act and it's hard. And the reason why I was bringing it up is because that's exactly what sports is going through. Sports is going through the exact same thing, right? That it's like, it's just at a smaller scale, but it's like their fans are their constituents, um, you know, or their citizenry and it's like, okay, so how do we do this? Like we still need to give them what they want and we need to get our things going here. We need to get our, 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 our economy, our, 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 our business, uh, back running. It's and, a weird thing and, to look at though, right? Because but they're, they're so growing. much, but they're so, de- they're dependent on a massive amount of people by comparison a lot of times to some of these other, I mean, they're, 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 they're they are beholden to bring people together for an event. Like that's their, that's the model that they work under. So other businesses can open up and be, they can actually be safer because they, they're not trying to bring a massive amount of group of people together for a couple hours to focus on one thing. So I, I, man, I, I just hope, I hope that the sports can, can make it through, especially at the, like we were talking about the youth level, the youth level. It'll be interesting to see how things transpire and develop in every sport. You said we got NASCAR coming back, baseball and all these other sports, like football announced their season. They're going through with it. They've got their 
proposals on how they're theoretically going to keep seem safe. Everything's going ahead. So at the end of the day, if this stuff just pushes ahead, it's just going to be the new normal. And that's how the sports are going to be played behind closed doors. I think people will get used to still, you know, something culturally ingrained to us. And I think we have that belief. It will be back. We will be in, you know, the seats cheer. I don't like going to games, but I, I believe fans will be back in their seats cheering on in a year or two. Mm-hmm. You know, once, once this is over, it's not like, group congregations and events or something that are going to be a thing of the past. As soon as people feel comfortable with it again, it'll return and flourish. But for the time being, it's just going to be a very alien experience. I think getting used to this. It is. And like I said, it's even, it's even alien through the television. So, you know, it's uh, something that we're all going to have to get used to both the players and the fans and everybody that's involved with it. And like I said, I think the biggest thing is, is I hope that, uh, that people can, uh, can keep their jobs, um, through this, uh, other, uh, administrators and other, uh, supporting casts that, uh, play a role in, uh, in these teams. Um, even though I'm, not a big fan of the Lakers taking the $4.5 million from the PPP program <laughs> when their you highest, know. when their highest paid employee gets paid like $30 million a year. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but, uh, but Hey, you know what? It wasn't against the rules either. And maybe somebody should have written the rules better, but, um, you know, I think we, uh, I think we explored this, uh, this topic, um, pretty good, kind of exhausted it as far as, you know, Hey, what, what are our thoughts? It's so are. philosophical in the moment, right? It really like, is. But I want to, I want people to start thinking about it. I want people to think, down the rabbit hole I want too people much to think about like, it. Oh, how, how is that going to happen? And how is that going to develop? And you don't want to get ahead of yourself because I can't even imagine the, the, the hypothetical. It's such a weird ex- situation to be in. How are they going to reopen baseball with rules about not being able to throw the baseball around the infield? Like, oh, yeah, you were saying, you were talking about, you were talking about now that they're not, not going to let the them do around the I was horn. talking about where I, you know, the pitcher, like when he's warming up with the catcher, like he's not going to throw him the ball back. He's just going to like put it in a pile of balls next to him. I mean, but that's the stuff that you were saying. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It just seemed like asinine in, in the context of, you know, aren't these players all traveling together on buses and sitting together in dugouts and they're going to be running by each other at first base and home plate. I mean, uh, yes. The answer to all that is yes. <laughs> they're sweating all over each other, you know? So, yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it's an, it's an exhaustive, uh, topic once you start pushing into it just because you could shoot this shit all day and talk which way oh this is going to happen this is going to happen but none of us really know what's going to happen or or how the fans are going to respond i do think you're going to see some big uh disinterest in in a lot of sports people thought yeah you've been saying that you've been saying that so let's explore let's 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 keep this going let's let's explore that a little bit you've been saying that that you think that you've been kind of been touching on the fact that you've alluded to maybe fans will just lose interest in their teams, even if they're coming back and playing in the manner that they are. It's less real when you can't go be a part of it and experience it. Even if you don't go, the fact that you could go and you know where it is and where it's happening and going on, and if you choose to be a part of it, you could. I think that's like a very interactive and accessible part of being a fan. Like You can be part of the experience if you can afford it, right? Well, let's talk about this. Because this is now you've opened up something else, which is great. You go down to Petco Park downtown in the gas lamp when a game's going on. You don't have to go in to be, feel like you're being a part of the game and a part of what's going on 
inside that stadium. I don't want to go to the game, man. For me, it's if you could put if I could put on three. No, no. Masks, but what I'm saying is a virtual seat. That'd be awesome. But what? Yeah, right. Exactly. But what I'm saying is, is that like you're down there, the bars are popping, everybody's got their gear on, so it's still it's spilled out of the stadium, is what I'm saying. It's still social, far beyond just having a ticket. So it's like what you were saying. It's the will people become disinterested because they're no longer even in that whole sphere of influence that they're not reminded the, the less people are talking about the less people talk about it, it it's why does mcdonald's still run ads uh-huh. you know what I mean? everyone knows what mcdonald's is because they just keep it in your face it's something you're talking about and thinking about whether you know it or not people will do that habitually sports well that's the same thing that's when what i was see sports on tv when people are talking about sports yeah People don't give a shit about sports like your your mom or some random person. Hey, did you see the game last night? Or and you're just like this guy never watches football or this. Or, but the Super Bowl just happened, so you know they want to be a part of it. People are talking about it. Uh-huh. When that's not going on, the cultural effect is of course uh, reverberated from it, which is just there's a less uh, presence of thought about it and top of mind pa- yeah. passion towards it is reduced. Yeah, and that becomes cyclical, right? Yeah, it's tough to really rebuild that when that's why you've got momentum with them. That's why marketing works. And that's what they're losing. They're losing a piece of their marketing. Part of that is the it, part of that is the basically the earned media that they get that is off of all the other things that are writing about them, all the little offshoots and stories and and and, and this reporter and this person and this is beat guy and yada yada yada, right? And and that's what I was saying about their merchandise. So that that's why the merchandise sales is going to be through the floor. Right. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, who wants to buy jerseys and it's not in, it's not in their mind. Like, Oh, my like team's that. not on a run. I'm not going to like, what about all the, they're missing all the bandwagon fans. Like what about yeah. all the SDSU bandwagoners that would have bought their freaking Aztec stuff as they were crushing through the freaking final four. Well, that yeah. alone people just are spending less and they're just spending less. Exactly. So let's talk about that. Do when they, when the sports do come back, do people actually go to the games? Do they say I want to spend six hundred dollars on courtside tickets? Do yes. I wanna, do I want to spend two hundred dollars on a replica jersey? So now you're building these. So now you're building year? these. So now you're building these billion dollar stadiums that have a certain they that they, they, that they've they've projected built in, pri- built in price models exactly right? built in price models for different seats and different sections and how much they're going to charge for those seats right based on who's going to play there. I'm, I'm talking about the anchor teams, the teams that are there, not the concerts and stuff. Those are yeah, set. Yeah. But like, we're going to, we're going to charge $110 for this seat. That's on, you know, row 110 and section E or whatever. Right. What if people are not willing to pay that? <laughs> what if people are just like, I am not spending, not, not I am, willing. we are not they're spending, not, not willing or capable, right? Uh, either or yeah. whether, whether it's for the fact that they just don't have any revenue themselves or, or income themselves, or whether it's the fact that they're just not comfortable because, doing right? it. Yeah. But isn't it both because it's, it will be definitely not going to be, they're going to be less capable. People are going to have less money. There's record levels of unemployment not seen since the Great Depression. People already had record low savings. So they're going to be less capable. Willing, when you're less capable and you're in the situation of an economic depression, you're way less willing. So now you're less capable and you're less willing. Well, that then, but now you have, but, drop, but you also huge have. Huge drop in demand, huge increase in supply, which means prices should theoretically drop dramatically, right? You would think so. Yes. Theoretically. theoretically. Yes, because you have not only do you have about going to the game, you have physical uncertainty, right? Where you're worried about your own physical being, about not but getting sick. The teams sick. themselves can't do that. They've already tricked all these people into buying season tickets. 
that you know you have to like renew and stuff in advance and everything. So people are paying for the season tickets. Well, some of them are locked right? in, and even those and even those new stadiums, they they always have those pre buys, right? Because that's how they raise mm-hmm. money um, to do that. I forgot what they called that. There's a there's a name for it. Um, but uh, imagine having like season tickets to the Raiders next season. Oh, <laughs> imagine being the Raiders right now oh my god and you're supposed to freaking open up and have a grand big old grand opening in this the city's gonna celebrate you by uh, nobody having a parade oh you know i mean that was gonna be their big coming out party you know the raiders are gonna move into moving to vegas and you know gonna get the whole you know chorus line going ahead so theoretically in august we're gonna have Training camps and preseason, and yeah, yeah, but then we're gonna have kickoff basketball. I don't know what the plan is for that. Baseball, they're already talking about, uh, you know, how they're gonna do it, but I think yeah, by what's the end baseball? Of the year, what is basketball? In the end of the year, you'll see it, you'll see every sport back up and running in, in some way, shape, or form. Uh huh, yeah, basketball. I haven't heard anything, huh? Interesting, Radio science. yeah. Hey, you know, you know, what we didn't even touch on the fact that the Olympics got canceled. Mm, that's rough. Euros, hey. What about what about Champions League got postponed for a year? Right. The Euro the, the Euros got postponed for another year. But could you imagine training for four years and being like six months away from the biggest show that you've ever yeah. tried to experience? They postponed it for what, a year? They're gonna do it next yeah, year. Yeah, next year they're gonna yeah. do it. But I mean, but that stopped everybody. I mean, think about everybody was training and you're in your and you're going through your periodized training programs and you're trying to peak for you're trying to peak for tryouts and you're trying to peak for worlds and uh i'm not worlds but uh for the to make the team and then and then come back again and so that throws all of that off and now apparently the uh i saw that u.s swimming is going to do their trials in um august uh again so i mean like just think about the psychological effect on all of those people that have been training to reach the pinnacle of their physical performance right at a certain time in their lives for four years. And then all of that is like, yeah, hold on one second. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know. I mean, it's we, and we've already, and we've already, we've already gotten into, you remember, we've already done the whole show back in the day about FIFA and you know how they extort oh, cities and change laws. And I mean, in, in IOC, we've done, is, we've done white elephants. And, we've done FIFA. We've done college athletes being exploited. We've run the gamut on sports. Hey, and, I think and now, and now they're talking. The now they are talking about paying athletes. That's like starting to be a thing. And we were talking about that. Hey, they give them breadcrumbs. Hey, we're talking about giving. It's like the UFC. Wait, well, here's a fifty percent off Reebok coupon. Get some <laughs> shoes. Hey, hey, we're gonna give you uh, um, uh, an uh, you know uh, half off at the cafeteria buffet coupon. For all student athletes, see we're paying them. Hey, here's a hundred dollar uh, street locker uh, gift card that we got free from our sponsors. Too gave cynical. us all our You're stuff. too cynical, Dave. Dev. That's why I love you. But there's step in the right direction. <laughs> I'm, I'm a realist, bro. I'm a realist. You think I'm cynical because you're an optimist, but I'm actually a realist. Don't forget it. Amen. Amen. Right on. Right on. Well, hey man, it was good talking to you again for another always fun, my friend. Another hour, and uh, it's good to spend a Sunday afternoon with you and all the people that listen to us, all five of y'all. Thank you for listening. Yeah, yeah. It was a little more uh, back to form this time. Our last one was a little off the cuff. Not my finest hour on realist and uh, <laughs> I wanted to kill myself, uh, but uh, well. it happens. And I, I feel like sometimes you gotta do or do not. There stand. is no try. You need to be willing <laughs> to stand in front of the firing line when you put out a piece of shit. You need to be willing to eat it and say, "Yep, 
that was a piece of shit. And still, but still put it out there. Hey, we've all still put it out there. Not fall on the sword. You need to be able to say, "Here it is, you guys, in all its glory." We've all we've all been there. We've all been there. We've all been there. We've all fallen flat or felt like we did. I didn't think it was that bad. I still thought it was a good show. This was a lot more return to form though, and I and I like it. And we should keep the flow going with four in a row. Number five next week, my friend. Let's let's think of another topic. Boom diggity. I love it. I love it. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Have a good one. Peace and love. Good night and good luck.